Hello and welcome to today's Read Aloud. I am your host for today, Robin Muldor Ingram, founder and CEO of Peaches and Sour Cream Children's Foundation. Today we have a very special reader and I am Tickle Pink and have been waiting in tiptoe anticipation for today's episode. I have before me an outstanding gentleman who is willing to give his time to help push the mission of Peaches and Sour Cream Children's Foundation which is to use literacy to fight against the school-to-prison pipeline and to close the invisible gap for children in foster care. Keith Henderson. Keith has been in the electric and utility business for over 35 years. He manages 25 aerial linemen. He is responsible for keeping the lights on in a large geographical area, area in Philadelphia. Keith resides in Middletown, Delaware, with his wife of 34 years. That is commendable. They have three daughters, a son, and two grandsons. As a youngster, Keith disliked reading, but began to develop a love for reading after he joined the Nation of Islam in 1985. He believes that most book writers in America have placed too much emphasis on slavery and not enough truth on the positive achievements and contributions of our people, meaning African-American of African descent living in America. Keith believes that reading about African-American history should be enlightening and instill a sense of pride in the Black community. Today, he will be reading African-American Inventors and Their Inventions by Dr. Anita C. President. But before Keith reads, I have a few questions for Keith, and hopefully we all will be enlightened. I'm sure we will be empowered. So my first question is, Keith, do you like to read? Why or why not? Wow. Today I like to read, but I'll be honest, um, growing up, I did not like to read. I thought it was boring, and I thought it was a waste of my time. But um, as I got to read when I was older, um, I learned that uh, I wasted a lot of time and I learned the importance of reading and how empowering it was. Okay. So how old were you when you first learned to read? And um, wh- what was that experience like for you? Wow. So um, I'm number nine out of 10. And uh, my older sister, as well as my mother, were avid educators. And they, they believed that reading was something that would allow you to be free, to open up, and, and just to understand things. So I was probably three or four when they started introducing us to reading, um, just just before I went into kindergarten at five. Okay, and so do you remember the very first time when you learned how to read? What was that like? I do. My sister sat my uh, myself, my brother Brian, and uh, my sister Yvette sat us down uh, at the dining room table. That was the homework table. And uh, we had to read things there. We used to read out aloud. Um, Also, in the mornings, uh, my mother used to have us read parts of uh, Psalms. We used to read that. And uh, that that was something that we had to do before we went to school. So reading was, um, it it was definitely pushed in in my home throughout. Okay, so it sounds like you, um, you know, you were introduced to reading. There were a lot of reading going on in the house. So evidently there were books in the house as well. Correct? Absolutely. I'm, um, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm probably going to date myself, but uh, 
I can specifically remember the encyclopedias, which is now the internet for a lot of the students today. <laughs> um, we, yes. we, we did everything by way of encyclopedia and, um, uh, those were the, the uh, those were the first books that I specifically remember seeing as a child growing up. Okay, so I can um, safely assume that you understand the importance of reading. So may you tell the audience what that importance is to you? Wow, for me, um, even in my job today, reading is fundamental and it is extremely important. Um, I deal with a lot of uh, circuit prints. I deal with a lot of drawings. And uh, having the ability to read and understand what I'm reading um, is it's imperative and, and it's extremely important to my job. Yes. Okay, so now research tells us that um, the subject of reading for little boys of color is of no interest. Um, why do you think that is? I think because we are, you know, we're, we're a visual people and they have too many distractions today, in my opinion. Uh, you have too much uh, television, video, iPad. You have a lot of devices that take away from just sitting there and, and absorbing a book and putting yourself into those words. Um, people don't have the time to do that because everything is quick today. Yes. So I want to quote, I want to take a quote out of your um, bio, if you will. And here you said that... Um, Writers in America, they place too much emphasis on slavery and not enough truth on the positive achievements and contributions of our people, meaning African-American people of African descent living in America. So that means to me that maybe with the children, they're not speaking truth to who they are. So maybe that's why they're not interested. Do you think? Absolutely. I think I think. Pride comes in knowing that you win or that you're winning. So if you're continually being told that you are relegated to a slave, and, and, and I want to correct a lot of that because we were not slaves. We were enslaved. Absolutely. Um, and I think that that's drilled in us from, from the beginning. But I believe if we turn that around and the book that you just uh, uh, so eloquently um, introduced, Ameri African American Inventors, and their inventions. I, I believe if, if young children today, even adults, if, if they learn the contributions of us other than being enslaved, uh, I think it would empower them and they would enlighten them. I agree. So you have a son or you have sons and um, how did you uh, introduce reading? What is the reading life like between you and your son? Well, he's 19 now, so he does his own reading. But I can remember when he was growing up. Uh, whenever we would drive somewhere, uh, I made it a point to point out the inventions that African-Americans had contributed to society. So uh, when, when we would drive somewhere, we'd be at a red light. I would say, hey, did you know a black man invented that stoplight there? Or, you know, saw the lawnmower, we're cutting the grass. Did you know a black man invented the lawnmower? Or simply the mailbox, looking at the mailbox. Did you know a black man invented the mailbox? Um, showing them actual things uh, uh, in real time, I think, would encourage them. Okay. And so one of the strategies is that, first of all, is that, that interest. We talked about seeing yourself. And mm -hmm. when you talked about the stop sign, I thought you were going to say, oh, do you see uh, uh, that, that word? It starts with what letter? You know, because we talk about phonics. But that was engaging just to hear about that. If someone mm -hmm. would have introduced it to me like that, saying, 
oh my goodness, um, that stop sign. Did you know that an African-American... Uh, right away, I would feel like, wow, I need to know more. And how do I spell that word stop? So that that was a really good strategy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the last question I have for you, do you know of any other ways or any other strategies that we could use to um, engage young boys? I think, uh, you know, they always say Black History Month's in February. I think Black History Month is every month of the year. And I think the more the more we reveal to our children, see, I, I, I think the children today, they're, they're all about reality. They're all about quick learning. And I think the more we can point out to them real time what we've contributed to society mm-hmm. is going to make it's just, it's just going to put it's going to build up pride in them. And they're not going to feel like they're second or third class citizens. Absolutely. So um, what I hear is that they need to see mirrors in, as they're reading. They need to see something, some kind of reflection in the reading that reflects who they are so they can have something to model after. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Sounds good. So now that concludes that segment. I thank you for that. Very enlightening. Can you, we're going to start our reading now. Mm-hmm. All right. So you did say the title of our book. I'll repeat it. It's called African-American inventors and their inventions. A to Z. This is a book that um, I love reading for my, I love reading it to my two grandsons as well. I'm going to start. How many African-American inventions can you name? Did you know that African-Americans invented the mop, lawnmower, clock, gas mask, and more? Listen, my children, and be prepared to be amazed at the number of inventions African-Americans have made. A. A is for alphabet. The Africans in Egypt gave us the alphabet. Learning to read and write is the best thing yet. B. B is for brush. Where would we be without the brush for our hair? Lydia Newman wants us to use it with flair. C, C is for clock. Tick-tock, tick-tock. Benjamin Banneker invented the clock. D, D is for dustpan. Lloyd Ray invented the dustpan. Keeping things clean was his plan. E, E is for elevator. The elevator moves from the top floor to the ground. Thanks to Alexander Miles, it is easier to get around. F. F is for fire extinguisher. Fire extinguishers are designed to put fires out. Thomas Martin shows this helps without a doubt. G. G is for gas mask. Garrett A. Morgan invented the gas mask. Saving lives was a dangerous task. H is for horseshoe. Horseshoes is a game you can play. Oscar Brown designed it that way. He also designed it for the hoof of a horse. We can't forget that, of course. I, I is for ironing board. The ironing board was invented by Sarah Boone. Now you can press your clothes while singing a tune. J. J is for Julian's eye medicine. Percy Julian invented a potion for your sight. It helps you see things clear and bright. K. K is for kitchen table. Henry A. Jackson invented the kitchen table. Come eat with your family whenever you're able. L. L is for lawnmower. 
John Albert Burr invented the lawnmower. Grass always looks better when it's lower. M is for mop. Thomas W. Stewart invented the mop to keep floors clean in your house or shop. N is for nursery chair. Lula O. Carter invented the portable nursery chair. Now you can potty train your baby anywhere. O is for Ozzie Williams rocket engine. A small rocket engine was Ozzie's invention. Helping Apollo land on the moon was his intention. P. P is for pencil sharpener. John L. Love invented a sharpener for your pencil. He hoped it would be your favorite writing utensil. Q is for quilting frame. Thomas Elkins invented the quilting frame. Making quilts easier to do is his claim to fame. R. R is for roller coaster. Granville T. Woods invented the roller coaster. I can ride with my hands up, cried the boaster. S is for super soaker. Lonnie G. Johnson invented the super soaker. If you make me wet, I'll call you a joker. T. T is for tricycle. If you've ridden on one, I'm sure you've had lots of fun. Matthew A. Cherry's invention of the early tricycle is second to none. U. U is for umbrella stand. William C. Carter made the umbrella stand so that when you're in the house, you won't have to hold it in your hand. V is for vacuum pan. Norbert Rilou invented the vacuum pan. This is how processing sugar all began. W is for water sprinkler. Joseph A. Smith invented the sprinkler for your hose. Keeping your grass healthy and green is the reason, I suppose. X is for x-ray machine. A portable x-ray machine Frederick J uh, Jones did make. Pictures of your insides are now easier for doctors to take. Y is for yarn holder. Julia Hammond invented the yarn holder. No more yarn wrapped around your shoulder. Z is for zirconia processing. The zirconia gemstone is shiny and bright. Thanks to Jonathan Smith, they sparkle in the morning, noon, or night. The end. Wow, what a wonderful reading. Thank you, Keith. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you for tuning in and please stay tuned for our next read aloud.